Hey, Michael from Muckrock here. I wanted to put in a quick word from our two sponsors this week. First, MailChimp. More than 4 million people and businesses around the world, including Muckrock, use MailChimp to send email newsletters. MailChimp celebrates creativity, chaos, and teamwork. Thanks to MailChimp for sponsoring, and go to MailChimp.com to learn more. This episode is also brought to you by Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks. Muckrock listeners can download a free ebook on us and get an extended free trial of the service by going to audiblepodcast.com slash muckrock. The funeral procession for General Vang Pao is underway this midday in downtown Fresno. General, General Vang Pao was mourned and honored. Tens of thousands of people today. are expected to attend the six-day funeral services for the Hmong leader. When General Vang Pao died in 2011, thousands traveled to California to attend his funeral. He was a man whose admirers compared him to Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, and even George Washington. General Vang had been a peerless military leader in his native Laos and a fierce warrior for the Hmong people in America. He was such a beloved figure in the Hmong community that many simply referred to him as father or grandfather. Thousands of ethnic Hmong from around the world are in Fresno, California today. The memorial would stretch six days, and along with his people, congressmen, state senators, and retired CIA agents also paid their respects. The U.S. government considered Vang a hero of the Vietnam War. He led a CIA-sponsored uprising against the Vietnamese and Laotian communists. And later, he would help thousands of Hmong escape genocide in Laos and settle in America. But there was a dark side to General Vang. On episode three of Muckrock, contributor Ingu Kang tells how Vang's refusal or inability to lay down his sword would ultimately be his downfall. It's a story of extortion, kidnapping, and murder. General Vang's story will never be complete, but 352 pages of FBI documents we obtained through the Freedom of Information Act help shed light on a general who never gave up the battle. I'm Michael Morrissey. This is Muckrock. Keep listening. Contributor Ingu Kang. There are certain people who are born to lead and dominate. General Wang was such a person. As the son of a Hmong tribal leader, he took up the defense of his people during World War II at the age of 13. He served as an interpreter for the colonial French army, fighting to repel Japanese invaders. His role in the Second World War would burnish his reputation, so much that thousands of men would later obey his commands, even if it meant certain death. After World War II, Vang rose quickly through the ranks of the Laotian army. What's remarkable about his success is that he was Hmong, an ethnic minority marginalized by the Laotian state. The Hmong are to this day a people without a country, scattered across four nations in Southeast Asia, isolated by geography, culture, and language. Many Hmong still live in mountainous jungles, far from the rapidly modernizing cities of their host countries. So Vang was an exceptional figure in both the Laotian army and among his own people, who, depending on the historian you talk to, were either truly inspired or truly afraid of Vang's power and stature. When the Vietnam War spilled into Laos, he became the carrot and the stick who convinced his people to fight for the Americans against their homeland. Throughout his life, Vang had a knack for sensing opportunities where others saw only crisis. 
So when the CIA went looking for natives to fight against the North Vietnamese, Vang accepted what was basically history's personalized invitation to remake the world to his own advantage. Vang rallied 60% of all the Hmong men in Laos to fight on behalf of the U.S. That he could command such loyalty is astounding. That he was willing to sacrifice their lives is horrifying. Many were child soldiers, some as young as 10. Somewhere between 30 and 40% of all the Hmong in Laos, not just the soldiers, died during the Vietnam War. It was with their blood that Vang sealed an alliance with the Americans. Without General Vang's help, there would have been thousands of more American casualties in the region. That's why former CIA chief William Colby called General Vang the biggest hero of the Vietnam War. It's an honor the general would remember and use as leverage for the rest of his life. So what happened to General Vang and the Hmong people after the war? Well, the lucky ones, and there were very few, became refugees in the U.S. in 1975 when the CIA pulled out of Laos. Others, about 300,000, fled to Thailand. The less fortunate went into hiding in the jungles, and the least fortunate were exterminated by the communist government in Laos. That didn't include the general, right? Right. He made sure to be one of the lucky ones. During the massacres that followed the war, he was safe in California. He was about 45 at the time and had been fighting in one war or another for more than 30 years. He began working with the federal government to grant thousands of Hmong safe haven in the states. But Vang wanted his people to remain refugees in America, not become immigrants or citizens. He did this by promising the Hmong that they would be able to return home one day. He would overthrow the current Laotian government and create a new regime in Laos in which they, the Hmong in America, would be its leaders and bureaucrats. Did it happen? No. This is where the story of General Vang turns from one of a military hero into that of an American gangster. Muckrock is sponsored in part by Audible, the leading provider of downloadable audiobooks. And we have a special offer exclusively for our listeners. Audible offers 100,000 books covering virtually every genre. If you want to listen to a book, Audible has it. Listen to audiobooks anytime, anywhere, including on your iPhone, iPad, computer, Kindle, anywhere. And here's the best part. Audible is offering Muckrock listeners a free audiobook, along with a 30-day trial. Go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash muckrock to take advantage of the special offer. By doing so, you not only get a chance to check out a great service, you support our show as well. And I've got a great recommendation for you if you're looking for a good listen. Check out Dexter Filkins' The Forever War, traveling along with Filkins as he covers the rise of the Taliban and the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Get a free copy of that audiobook and many more with a free trial at audiblepodcast.com slash muckrock. And now back to Ingu. Just a few years after arriving in America, Vang started to drum up support for a coup. He urged the Hmong to come together in unified combat against the communist government in Laos, or as he called it, the oppressive invaders who molest, conquer, and destroy our nation of Laos at this very moment. Essentially, he was asking for donations, except he wasn't asking. 
1985, the FBI started to investigate claims that Vang was shaking down newly arrived Hmong refugees for money. One witness said, His organization extorts $1,000 for each refugee family he serves, although he is paid through federal funds. It was like, here's your money from the government, now give some of it back to me. But that's not even the worst of it. An FBI agent noted, While these solicitations began in good faith, many individuals reported that their families in Laos would be threatened if they would not continue to support Vang Pao. Where was all this happening? All across the U.S., from California to Wisconsin. The FBI actually launched an eight-city investigation into Vang's extortion scheme. The general was never charged, but in 1990, one of his social service organizations was shut down by the state of California for financial mismanagement. His son-in-law took the fall for that. And then things got stranger when one of General Vang's associates disappeared. In the 1990s, two decades after the end of the Vietnam War, Thousands of Hmong were still residing in refugee camps in Thailand. The Thai government was tired of housing them and began making plans to send the refugees back to Laos, despite regular reports of Hmong massacres there. The United Nations and the U.S. State Department stepped in to reassure the Hmong refugees that the repatriation plan wouldn't be a trap. Now, how did they do that? Well, the first step of the repatriation plan was to have a Hmong man named Vua Mai go first kind of like a canary being lowered into a coal mine. Vuemai was a beloved leader in the Thai camps, as well as a one-time military associate of General Vang. His return to Laos was signaled to the other Hmong that Laos was safe again, that anti-Hmong sentiments had died down. But things didn't work out the way they were supposed to. What happened? Well, basically, Vuemai disappeared. To this day, people still don't know what happened to him. At the time, the Laotian government was blamed for failing to protect him, if not kidnapping him outright. But the FBI documents we obtained tell a different story. General Vang Pao and his organization plotted and planned in the United States for the possible kidnap and subsequent murder of Wei Mai. I need to stress this word, possible. The case of Wei Mai remains unsolved. So why did the FBI suspect Vang? Well, the files say, If fully implemented, repatriation would have signaled the demise of Vang Pao's organization and would have severely limited the source of funds for Vang Pao. Basically, the documents imply that if Wei Mai had been successful in relocating the Hmong back to Laos, General Vang would no longer have any people to extort. So, the repatriation plan didn't happen, at least not until 2009-2010, when General Vang couldn't prevent the deportations because he was too busy fighting the U.S. government. But we'll get to that. So it's the mid-2000s. General Vang has lived in the U.S. for three decades, and the FBI has been investigating him for two. But something's different now. For years, Vang had been rallying for a coup. He went so far as to give regular contributors certificates of future appointments in the new Laotian regime. But now, he started to call for normalized relations between the U.S. and Laos, which he had never done before. Why the change? It's hard to say. It could have been age. He was in his 70s by this time. Or maybe he thought that softening his rhetoric rather than antagonizing the Laotian government would lead to better treatment for the Hmong. Or maybe the answer was closer to home. 
It was the post 9-11 era. Times had changed. America had another war to fight. Revolutionary language became suspect, even cause for arrest. So maybe Vang simply saw the writing on the wall that the line between freedom fighting and terrorism had disappeared. So what happened to his promised coup? Well, despite the recent reversal, he was arrested by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. The ATF accused him of planning to do what he'd been promising to do for the last 30 years, overthrow the Laotian government. The ATF allegedly caught him trying to purchase $10 million of military weapons, like AK-47, smoke grenades, and stinger missiles, combat-grade stuff. This was a major case. There were 250 agents involved in this thing. What did the U.S. government do? Well, if you remember, General Vang was considered the biggest hero of the Vietnam War. So in 2009, all the charges were dropped. Just like that? Just like that. He denied everything, of course. And he was relatively quiet for the remaining two years of his life. Old age and bad health finally forced him to stop fighting. He died at the age of 81 in California. And like you said at the start, thousands came to mourn him. Ingu, you've read through hundreds of pages of public documents. I'm wondering, what do you make of General Vang Pao? I think he was an extremely courageous and an extremely opportunistic man who seized a chance to become one of the most influential men of the 20th century, even if very few people know his name. But to me, the more interesting part is how clearly Vang Pao's life illustrates how vulnerable minority populations can be, not just to hostile governments and foreign invaders, but also to their own leaders. Vang Pao supporters will praise him for years to come as a defender of his people. But it's that very title that made the Hmong his captive prey. Our story came from Muckrock contributor Ingu Kang. Additional sourcing came from the book The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down by Ann Fadiman. Stories by Mark Arax and Tim Weiner of the New York Times. Tony Kennedy of the Star Tribune. William Lloyd George and Chiang Mei of Time Magazine. And Bethany Clow of the Glacache Company. It was edited and produced by Bradley Campbell. All the stories you hear on Muckrock are made possible by the Freedom of Information Act. Want to file a public records request on your own? Head to our website, muckrock.com. We'll show you how. To date, Muckrock has filed 4,015 freedom information requests, bringing more than 66,690 pages of public documents into the public eye. I'm Michael Morrissey. This is Muckrock. Thanks for listening. <laughs>